All right, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Who we have today with us is Talia Toha. She's a business strategist and she's been working with entrepreneurs and companies over the last 15 plus years trying to help them in their growth journey, mostly through personal development and time management. And some of the big name companies that she's worked with in order to help them reach seven figures and more include LeBron James endorsed Blaze Pizza as well. Having said that, why don't we jump in and ask Talia to introduce herself and we can take it from there. Welcome, Talia. Thank you so much, Rajiv. Thanks for having me. And thank you for that introduction. And just as an expansion of that intro, essentially for all of the audience who are listening, I am essentially an advisor to, as Rajiv mentioned, seven-figure multi-industry national brands and S&P 500 companies. And with demand, I am now currently launching not just a new podcast, but also a new website to share some powerful business lessons that I've learned from some of these uh, companies and learning uh, from working with these companies to solo entrepreneurs and to new business owners. And I'd love to focus on growing you now and again by learning all about personal development and things that I found from that category. Um, as an example, I'd love to share ways on how to reach out to anyone without being overly salesy or how to answer a question that you don't know the answer to necessarily. So let's go back to your journey, right? 15 plus years is what you mentioned. One of the things that you've done is you're a Princeton grad, correct? Yes, sir, I am. So how did you get into what you're doing today? You know, a lot of people ask me this question, and it's actually a great question. I actually, after graduation, I mostly work as an architect in the architecture world, you know, so you, I work with a lot of contractors, I work with companies, corporate companies in the architecture world. And then actually from there, I started transitioning into working with developers, multifamily developers, and also working on their financial analysis aspect of uh, what a lot of these developers have to go through, particularly in the commercial uh, real estate world. And actually from from there, and just still doing so right now, I work with lots of national retailers and restaurants, some of which you've mentioned. And, you know, again, from there organically, just start meeting individuals, uh, ambitious entrepreneurs and business owners who start coming to me with questions about, hey, Talia, how do I, you know, get my audience to come to me? How do I reach out to people for business? And, you know, things of that nature. So it's really interesting how the transition all just sort of happen organically and none of which is really planned. And uh, yeah, and so just recently I started working with um, all of these exciting, ambitious entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their business. Awesome. And you've been in some unconventional fields, especially entertainment and arts and of course the restaurant industry too. So can you talk a little bit about that? Is, did you just stumble into these industries or was this a conscious move? No, again, it all happened by way of things that are, are that I'm already doing, and um, I'm actually not in the entertainment industry, but some of my clients are, and they work in film, you know, and they obviously some of them have studios, um, and again, to your point, national restaurants and retailers who are seven, eight figures, and are just wanting to position themselves strategically, right? So the problem with a lot of these big companies is that they already have a good 
enough market share. And so the question becomes, how do we become an even bigger you know, market share? How do we then uh, get net new customers to come to us and to not lose some of that edge, that competitive edge, when a lot of people are just starting out, new concepts, new brands that have the novelty aspect attached to it. And so that's kind of, those are some of the questions that they go through. And interestingly uh, enough, Rajiv, a lot of entrepreneurs even if you're just starting out, this is these are questions that you also deal with, right? I mean, even if you're starting out, you would have you would have to look at your market and decide, okay, where do I want to be present, okay? Because the it's not really a question of whether you can do it. It's likely that you can do um, you know specific things, but it's the question of what would be the most effective uh, way to penetrate the market and stand out, right? So. I think especially for just, uh, you know, budding entrepreneurs who are looking to, for instance, collaborate with someone, how do they reach out to somebody? I, I talk about this all the time and a lot of people come to me about this. How do they reach out to somebody in a way that, you know, people don't just breeze through their email because it just looks like the same, you know, the next email or the email before um, that they've seen. So I talk a little bit about that. And even for people also who are looking for new positions and jobs, entrepreneurs who are looking for new jobs. Um, I talk about that as well. And um, it's funny because I think in one of my emails, I, I talk about how do you answer a question that you don't know the answer to, right? And a lot of people would choose just one of two things. They would either just say, I don't know, or they would kind of lie and fake it, you know, and kind of go through the meandering list of things that they can come up with to sound credible. But both of those are actually not at all the strategy that you want to come with if you're face to face with your audience or even in virtually in an email um, or as a with a client. Um, neither of them actually should be done. What I actually have found to be most effective, just again, learning from all of these uh, different industries that I've worked with and working with certain, certain clients is to employ what I call the strength to strength strategy. And by strength to strength, I mean, when somebody asks you a question, and again, let's just say in a job interview uh, and you don't necessarily know the answer to you answer with something along the lines of that's a great question. I've been so focused on improving this other successful project, actually, that I haven't had much of a chance to look into that particular issue, but I'd love to look into it some more. What about it do you find challenging? And you mm -hmm. just stop right there. You stop right there. And so let's break that down a little bit, Rajiv, right? So that sentence, th that's a three-part sentence, right? So what I just did there is essentially I opened with one strength, strength number one, which is that you're reminding them of your expert, your subject matter expertise, right? What you're good at. And then the second component of that uh, sentence is that you're actually addressing their question with the truth that you haven't actually really looked into it. You haven't had the time or what have you. And then the third part, you close with another strength that uh, by showing them that you are capable of being an extra mile performer, that you go ahead and say, you know what, I'd love to look into it. And you actually do the follow up. You actually go into it and then you send them another email or something in the next couple of days or couple of weeks with some points and ideas to keep the conversation going. Right. And immediately you're positioning, you're reframing your answer in such a way that they want to work with you. You know, they because the, the reality is, if you 
answer with something that's a little bit, you know, half-hearted and and try to fake it and fake an answer, they would know, right? Because they're also in that field. They would understand that um, and they can see that you haven't worked on it. So you might as well tell the truth, but in such a way that you are reminding them and giving them a first and last impression that, uh, that you're a strong candidate and you're a strong player. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So when you look back at your career over the years, what would you consider as pivotal points? Any low points, any high points? Yeah, no, that's that's there's actually a lot of low points and high points. I think as far as career goes, I always it's interesting because when I before I started working with, again, these seven figure brands, I actually didn't know I couldn't really speak fluently. I mean, I'm still working on improving that, obviously. And and those are there are certain times when I felt like I was under equipped and the low points were when I let that feeling and let that attitude and perspective decide what I do and what I don't do next, right? And so in terms of reaching out for business, um, you know, the second guessing process is really something that we need to eliminate from our internal monologue. And that's something that early on in my career, I struggle with trying to get that out of my head because I always feel like everybody else is so much more equipped and so much more skillful uh, skillful and experienced in doing all these other things. And which is actually the real, the true key to success is, as I discovered along the way, is if you're able to start before you're ready, right? Like if you're good enough and you have a sense of your direction and you start that's usually what creates traction and traction creates momentum and momentum creates growth and growth creates success. And so I think as far as low points, there are so many times when, you know, a client um, wanted to meet with me and I, I said, OK, well, I'm not ready yet. And I waited a couple of weeks and lost the business eventually because I waited too long. So that's actually um, those are some some points that I wouldn't necessarily be proud of, but the learning experience taught me that if you go ahead and, you know, one step forward, that's, you know, that's, that's better than essentially none. And I think, you know, and from that, I've actually discovered that really people don't want, you know, the whole perfect you, they want they, they have like three seconds. You know, I, I talk about this all the time. They have three seconds essentially to mm-hmm. to to listen to you. And that's true about emails. That's true about phone calls. A lot of times that's even true about, um, you know, job interviews and such. You need to be able to, um, you know, direct the questions in such a way that it highlights the people that you're talking about. And the good news is that, they don't really care necessarily about you. They care about how you can help them. And understanding that is actually extremely helpful because then you realize that, okay, I've prepared enough. I might not be completely ready, but really we're here for them. And how can we help them? And that is, it takes so much of that burden off. Um, And actually that leads for me to some of the highlights of my industry where I you know, all of the meetings that I go to now, essentially all of the agenda that I'm coming in with is for them. It is something that will benefit them and is something that they would love to, um, you know, explore and has very little to do with me, actually. 
And that leads me to immediately within like an hour of meeting with clients, five-figure business, you know, six-figure business and such. So it's really, I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that all of the successes come from you. And really the truth of the matter is that if you look to your client, your audience, people that you're speaking with, that is usually the, the easier path to success, actually. So can you elaborate a little bit about, you know, your programs right now and you know, your clientele and if someone is interested, how do they reach you? Yeah. And my, I'm redeveloping my website right now. And so obviously they can go to my website, which is uh, taliatohagroup.com. That's the main domain. And um, the program essentially right now, I'd love to actually be specific and practical about how people can get in front of other people. Uh, And I'll expand on other lines and other courses as well. But right now, that's the number one issue that a lot of entrepreneurs are dealing with is a how do I market myself? And, you know, and a lot of the answers that are out there, a lot of the experts are out there are preaching, you know, social media and all these things, which is all which are all okay. But those are those are platforms, right? Those are mediums. So essentially, you actually are doing it backwards where you want it to actually craft your message and your offer with clarity first before you go and and reach out to your audience or one-on-one to your client, right? A lot of coaches, for instance, they have discovery calls. What do you say about these, you know, in these discovery calls? So, you know, and and a lot of them are frustrated and they come to, you know, you and me and they go, I don't know. I mean, I felt like I'm, I get a bunch of leads. I, you know, I talk to them, I nurture them. And then when it comes to the end, they pull out, like what happened there? And I think the issue there, there's so many, I mean, obviously there are multiple variables in different industries, but the issue is that we're, maybe we're not asking the right questions, right? Maybe we're not, you know, moving them in a way that connects with them. And so what exactly do you say? How do you frame your message? How do you then, you know, get them involved, get them excited, get them engaged about their next journey? That's, you know, so... So right now, for instance, I talk about, you know, I touched upon how somebody can frame their answers in an interview and then, you know, and say somebody's just starting out, they, uh, and it's just not about the interview. The, the, the other topic that I talk about is expanding that strength to strength strategy on a bigger scale as far as how do you how do you create a relationship before the interview and how do you continue the relationship after the interview? So it essentially applies the same strategy in that before the interview, you want to act as if you're already starting, right? Which do you feel, I mean, what, Rajiv, like if you're a boss, right? Mm -hmm. What do you like, what do you like better? Like if somebody comes to you and starts sending you all these beautiful details about um, what they're going to do, their position, some of the pain points, points in their in their let's say company before they even start or someone who just waits until the meeting the interview or the call and really just talk about themselves during the interview you're obviously the former obviously the former exactly and i think a lot of people it's kind of like sports essentially right a lot of people forget about the pre-train, right? The pre-training before the game day. And they really just focus on the game and they don't realize that pre-train is actually equally important in that you need to start developing that relationship. And not in the way that you're just kind of sending them emails and say, hey, following up, checking in, 
touching base, you know, on this and that. They don't want necessarily for you to touch base. You know, nobody wants their bases touched at this point. They want you to be able to show and exhibit that you're you're it, you know. And during the interview, it's just a matter of getting to know you face to face, seeing if you're cool, you know, seeing if they like you, seeing if they're you're a good fit. But beforehand, that's actually when it's key. So you have to start if you already research enough about that company, that entrepreneur, that expert, you would already know what are some of the things that they're dealing with that they might need help with and look into your skill set and see if that those skill sets can meet the needs of some of these entrepreneurs, right? And and say and just really in bullet points, you say, okay, these are boom, boom, boom. Uh, I saw in this article that you're dealing with this and this has been an issue for you. What do you think about XYZ and you give a proposal and why you think that might work. You link it to, you know, some of your research, some of your data points, and then close the email with an open-ended question with confidence. Not one that you say, I look forward to hearing from you, one that is that keeps the conversation going. And I talk all about that in in some of my programs. And then at the end, after you interview, right, you keep exhibiting as if you are or you already got the job, you already got the business, right? You follow up with them in a way that you, again, from that conversation, you say, hey, I just I was reminded about the topic or the thing that you were talking about during our conversation. I looked into it some more, found this out. I think it might be great if we, you know, redesign your program or your project in this and that way. What do you think? Would love to chat more about it. You know, how does Wednesday or Thursday the next week sound? That's Mm -hmm. it. You know, so you always want to start with strength and end with strength. Those are some of the key points in some of the programs that I teach. Awesome. So can you talk through an example of, you know, one of the clients, maybe a six figure or a seven figure client as to how you landed them? What did you do? What difference did you make? Yeah, I think, um, well, I probably can't really spill the beans on on the specifics per se, just because of confidentiality. But um, I can share with you a scenario, you know, that uh, that that a lot of them are, are going through. And one of them actually came to me and and say, Talia, I really just want to, I just need like an extra 30 grand a year. You know, I just need an extra 30 grand a year so that my spouse can quit, you know, her job and stay at home with the kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you think about what that means to somebody and 30 grand, it depends on where you are as an entrepreneur, you know, that might look big, that might look small for whoever, you know, depending on who's listening. But for him, this, this is a big difference. I mean, he was already making six figures. He has several different businesses, but he came to me and said, I want to do something and start a business in such a way that I can create that, that 30 grand extra income, which by the way, Rajiv, you and I know this, if somebody has an end goal, something that specific in mind, it's actually easier easier to work with, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know that's the number that you have to work with. So instead of just, hey, I want to make a lot of money next year or whatever. So actually, this is great. So we started with that number. And again, let's just use that example. Let's just say this 30 grand. And then we go, okay, so what can you do? What do you have time for, um, you know, given that 30 grand? And they say, well, I have, you know, I already have these other businesses. I have about, you know, an hour or two tops, you know, Monday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'd love to spend time with my family. 
great, mm-hmm. right? So that's something that's common everywhere. So then I t- I I go through what I call the the brand triangle, which I essentially we work with him and his skill set, and we look at a uh, you know what are they good at. We look at kind of their their matrix of skill set, and then also what are they interested in. Right. Because if you want to grow something, you have to be interested in it. If you're not interested in it, it's going to fizzle out within months, probably. Maybe if you if you're lucky to last and you're a hustler, maybe a couple of years. But what are you interested in? What are you what are you good at? And sometimes what you think you're good at is not necessarily what you're really good at. And then I walk through some of the steps of, okay, how do you reach out to people that you know, maybe people who are in your secondary circle for them to give you feedback about what you're good at. And then and then and then go from there and then essentially look at also the market that they want to target and determine by way of void analysis, okay, how what kind of skill set can fill in the gap and fill in the, the void in that market? And because the truth is, if there's demand, somebody's got to supply it, right? Mm-hmm. And and if the demand is not really met, and it's just kind of the supply out there and the inventory in the market is just lukewarm, then that's an opportunity. You know, if you're a life coach, um, let's just say one of your audience, Rajiv, is is a life coach, and they're looking at okay, I want to be a, uh, I don't know, a mind, you know, mindset strategist or something. And, and so you look at all of the people who are offering courses, offering programs, offering mastermind, and then you, you, okay, you, you test maybe a couple of them, you see if they're even a good fit for you. And then you listen to the market. And this is really the most important aspect is you go and you reach your mar- your target audience and you ask them you ask them what's missing what are you struggling with what's the problem and that and that will fill in the blank of how you want to create your offering right because if no one's if no one wants to buy it you're not going to get any business right so and that's that's essentially what some of the key frames and then there's some details into it um that uh, that obviously can be customized on an individual basis but essentially that's that's the beginning and the preliminary um, stages of of something that you know something that uh, a newcomer let's say is is uh, having to deal with. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about yourself. What do you do for fun? Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, I I don't have too much time in my hand. I have uh, tons of things to do. But for fun, I would say I probably it's a mix of reading a ton of books. And I do like to read lots of personal development books, but um, I also do like to go um, outdoorsing, uh, outdoor, outdoor, I guess, hiking and, um, you know, rock climbing is something that I just began to pick up, which is just terrifying, which is, I don't know how people do that. I saw this video online about one of the pro rock climbers who went, I think free soloing is the term, free soloing and scaling up the Yosemite El Capitan without any ropes at all, Rajiv. Wow. And that's, <laughs> I'll send you the link to it, but it's it's wild. I just couldn't even imagine. And he did it all under four hours. I think that's supposed to be a world record or something. But I, yeah, anyway, but th- those are some of the things that I do for fun. How about well, you? What do you do for fun? Well, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fun. Nice. I like it. I like it. So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your podcast, the one that you're coming up with? What are you planning to do with it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast, which um, which is going to be new this year, is essentially going to be some of the things it ha- will have some of the key points that um, I talked about here. And it is essentially a personal development podcast where um, you're talking about business strategies and more specifically, things that can make you successful in reaching out to your audience and reaching out to your uh, potential collaborators, business partners, somebody that you want to do business with and really, really delve deep into what are some of those, you know, the, the secret sauces in, uh, you know, in those interactions and how do we make that optimize? How do we make that even more successful beyond social media, beyond just emailing somebody cold, beyond, you know, just uh, having a a list of places that you need to be. And uh, so it will have, it it would have all of those things and more. Awesome. And what are you calling it? Um, So I haven't finalized the name, but, uh, but it will be finalized. Hopefully by the time that this is launched, it will, it will finalize and I'll send everybody the, the link to it. It'll be on my website for sure. Okay, great. So let me ask you a few questions. You know, what I want to do is kind of uh, ask you four or five questions and sure. just, just come up with an answer, whatever comes to your mind first. So what are you most thankful for? Hmm. I am most thankful for time actually. Yeah, time. I mean, I think it's one of those, you know, it's one of those assets that we can't have and we think that we have. But, you know, I think it's it's really a difficult concept to wrap our heads around if you realize that, you know, any second now you might not have it anymore. So anytime that I have it, I'm most appreciative of it. What are you most scared of? Hmm. I'm probably most scared of complacency and just being in a place where I take everything for granted, get too comfortable, mostly because I see that it doesn't, you know, the points in my life when I'm not, when I am complacent, I I am not only not happy, but I'm miserable. I just really dislike it. Um, to really, really dislike it. I just didn't like the feeling of not working towards something, not trying to improve and and be better. Mm -hmm. And what are you most happy about? Mm. Uh, I'm probably most happy about knowing that there isn't really, to me anyway, there isn't really a a secret to happiness. My understanding of happiness is that it's a state of feeling and Again, my understanding is if it's a state of feeling, then isn't it something that we can control? And it's, it's really a matter of attitude and less a function of the situation that you're in and certainly a, a more a function of how you choose to. Um, it's more about the process. And what do you look forward to? Ooh, I, well, I mean, I look forward to working with lots of entrepreneurs and seeing where this, I think it's so many good things happening right now in the personal development world. Um, Lots of great experts coming out with great books. And I think, I think it's, it's a great place to be in right now, for sure. All right. And what would you like your legacy to be? Mm, The legacy to be um, is probably that everybody that I work with and um, everybody that I touched hopefully will know that they can, no matter what the obstacle is, they can always work towards the life that they deserve and to just keep going. You know, the two, the biggest difference between somebody who is successful and somebody who's not is really that 
one quit and one didn't. So I'd love for that to be at the forefront of a lot of people that um, that I work with as well. That is great. Thank you so much, Talia. This has been great. It's been great talking to you and learning from you. Obviously, I will post your links for the listeners. As a last takeaway for the listeners, what would you like to say? What would you like to convey? So last takeaway, just start. Press start. Press that button, even if you're not ready. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Rajiv. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. I hope you liked that episode. Please do dial back in to Plan B Success. To review more episodes, you can go to planb.live. That's the website for the podcast. Make sure you spread the word. Let your friends, family, and others know who can benefit from this content as well. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye.